Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to wait for Tatiana to join us eventually during this time. Let's just kick off. All right. So today's panel discussion is going to focus on carrying forth the concept of aligned awareness to bring forth a very focused state of consciousness. Before we start off this live panel, I'd love our two amazing panelists at the moment to share themselves a little bit about themselves, introduce themselves to this community. Let's begin with Freeman and then take it off to Adam. Freeman, please introduce yourself. Freeman, you're on mute. Freeman, you're on mute. Could you unmute yourself? That's okay. Oh, I was on mute the whole time. (laughs) It's okay. Take it it away. (laughs) Hello, beautiful people around the world. Um, Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon, wherever you are. Um, It's my honor to be speaking to all of you today. Um, My name is Freeman. I'm an international speaker, author of the best-selling book, Travel to Transform, and also a certified life coach. Um, but most importantly, I'm also a global citizen. Um, and what that means is I truly believe that uh, it doesn't matter where you're born, what skin color you have, what gender you identify, what cultural background you inherit, you and I are just no difference. Um, we are citizens of the world, one way or another, um, which surprisingly, as a result of um, adapting this global mindset myself, um, I got to travel and live in places, in uh, to places I've never imagined before, over 35 countries, connect with other global citizens as well, and just leading my life into uh, joy, freedom, and happiness, and abundance and success for myself, which I'm eternally grateful for. So that is how I become um, being on this mission of being awakened, uh, going to awaken more world citizens as well, and inspire more to travel consciously. And I just just hope we all can make this world a better place for personal transformation. So thank you so much for having me again um, in this conscious space way. Um, can't wait to define abundance and success together with everyone here and help our audience to also enter this world of possibility today as well. Thank you so much, Freeman. My goodness. Can we just, can we just take a moment and step into Freeman's essence of his consciousness, of his exuding of his personality and the fact that you are someone who's really bringing forth the flavor of global consciousness, which is something we'll dive into later on in this panel. Um, Now, Adam, take it away. Introduce yourself to this wonderful community. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, My name is Adam. I am a health and wellbeing coach, and I'm also the host of the podcast, the Positivity Podcast. And the podcast focuses on, you know, connecting with people and their story and, you know, their journey. So I started that back in, you know, 2020. So I, you know, just kind of went all in and, you know, started networking, connecting with people and, you know, delivering, you know, impact to, you know, listeners, sharing, you know, people sharing their story. And then, you know, in my day job, I'm a health and wellbeing coach where I help people with their, you know, mental health, health and wellbeing and helping them back into employment. So that's uh, something I do based in the UK. Um, So we kind of work alongside the government and do that. So that's kind of, you know, where I'm at. Thank you so much for sharing that, Adam. I am pretty sure the community can already tell 
Freeman, Adam, and when Tatiana joins us later, you will notice one very significant thing, which is that they all come from very different fields, but speaking to the same mission, same vision, which is something that we really here to ground today. Let's kick off with the first point, first question that I want to introduce to this panel. We talked about aligned awareness um, in the previous live panel to fully tap into our consciousness. What I'd like to dive into um, is the expansion of consciousness to lead a better lifestyle. What are your individual thoughts on this? Let's begin with Adam and then take it away to freedom. Freeman. So I was trying to find the mute. So the so, so what the question again, sorry? The consciousness. Yes, no worries. Uh, we talked about aligned awareness in the previous live panel. The question is, how, I'd like to dive into the expansion of consciousness to lead a better lifestyle. What is your individual insight or perspective to this? I think with this question, I mean, with consciousness, I think it's in my mind and where I'm at in my life at the minute, I think it's a combination of like, you know, experiences. And I think a lot of our experiences in life mold the way that we think, mold the way that we act and, you know, how we think about our environment, how we think about ourselves and experiences that we go in, we build this image of who we are based on, you know, the experiences that we're in. Sometimes, you know, people might have limited beliefs, limited, you know, ways of how they see themselves based on, you know, negative experiences or, you know, say positive experiences. And from, from my work and from what I've, you know, dealt with in myself is, you know, we sometimes tie our beliefs about ourselves to experiences. And I've had experiences where I've thought negatively about myself or being too critical about myself or people have said things about, you know, how I was. Or, or for example, I used to work in a bar many years ago and I'd made mistakes and the manager might say something critical, but then... I doubt myself and I, I would think that, you know, there's something wrong with me. Or, and if we get so many different things wrong, then that kind of reaffirms the belief that, okay, well, this is how it is. But going back into that situation and going through those emotions, it's, you know, you then think, well, I can do this thing. You know, you have to have a positive experience and that feedback also to kind of affirm that, you know, you are capable of doing this. I think that's what I'm trying to say is, you know, our experiences shape the way we think and how we act um, and perceive the world. And I think, you know, it's important to, you know, one, be vulnerable and, you know, push out your comfort zones because we, we tend to f go towards what's uh, familiar, what's safe, and we're, we're driven by that. And it's, you know, being vulnerable and, and just accepting what's going on it's kind of, you know, a step forward in that and, and things take time. But that's that's kind of, you know, what relates to me in that question. Thank you so much for sharing your insights to that, Adam. I really, I really appreciate you tying in the grounded essence of what it means to live an expansive life. And that really begins with ourselves, our previous experiences, and really looking at those experiences and translating them into our perspectives today. And I think, Freeman, you have some delicious add-ons to this particular question. So, Freeman, share us your insights on how can one live a more, you know, aligned lifestyle through expanding their consciousness? Yeah, it's such a beautiful question. And I actually resonate a lot with what Adam just shared as well. And then I think he gave us really valuable insights. 
looking from an individual and a belief perspective, right? That microcosm. So maybe I would bring my answer to a little bit more on that macrocosm as well, um, just to make it a little bit more fun. Um, so I think from that expansion of consciousness perspective, right, um, you, you, you probably know a lot of my work is about global citizenship. And for the listeners, um, what that means is how we can really adopt a global mindset into our day to day. Um, because for the reason, I think there's a lot of beliefs uh, in the past is that, you know, when we talk about uh, um, global citizens, then we think about people who would be fighting at the forefront for global justice. You know, we'll think about uh, people who are fighting for universal rights. And, you know, like we will think about those people who have a different type of consciousness from us because, you know, I'm, I still have my nine to six, you know, I still have bills to pay. Um, but at the same time, right, I think from what I learned on my journey during um, all this traveling is that actually there's a new perspective to look at it, which I also call it the new global citizenship, which means by expanding our consciousness, in a way that seeing ourselves is actually not distinguished from this um, global responsibility because we are already living in a globalized world, right? We are already living in a modernized world. So what that means is if we are not separating ourselves from this idea, but actually embrace it, embrace this idea that we are a citizen of the world, no matter what we do, no matter what our background is, that that mindset itself then expand and really align our life back to this global world because what we have been taught in education in societies or our fans and fa uh, friends and families from the last generation i believe are a lot of the local teaching right um and and this local teaching there's nothing wrong with that you know back in 50 years ago you know with industrialization how the world developed as a human evolution right you know we we, we have never been in a world like now that geography um, is, is so diverse, right? We thought we only live in the same part of land, in the same city, in the same suburb, right? But now we are living in a globalized world. Um, so that gap, right, that gap, uh, especially in the, in, the, in the education, is where we don't realize what we have been learning are actually from a local perspective, right? So that means we are having a local awareness, a local consciousness itself. So for me, really expanding this consciousness to be able to understand that there is a global world there and connect ourselves to connect our day-to-day -day back with this global consciousness is what is um, the most critical thing for me. And that's how I believe we're going to uh, elevate our global consciousness as well, because there's no technology that's going to solve, <laughs> solve uh, any human issue, any human crisis for us, but actually by raising our understanding with each other, that's expansion of consciousness and the integration of it um, into our day-to-day -day would be the answer. <laughs> Perfect. I really love how you touched on such an integral part of expansion of our consciousness, which is the reflective as aspect of it. We're constant reflections of each other. And the more we expand our networks, whether they're the networks within ourselves, but the inner networks really translate with our outer networks. The more we build a more diverse environment, the more we're able to expand our consciousness. So Freeman, I think you said that so beautifully. But speaking to that environment, I would love to bring another discussion point to this panel today, which is we tend to live through environments in our daily lives that pull us further away from living consciously. And that is kind of a fact, whether we want to deny it or not. And while we are in this rut, 
I would love to bring the focus to safety in even exploring our consciousness. When we're in this rut, more oftentimes than not, we feel extremely unsafe to even tap into that expansive consciousness. So what is your take on it? Let's begin with Freeman and then move to Adam. Yeah, I think safety is an interesting word for me. Um, I think the way I look at it, right, it's almost the equivalent of understanding where's our comfort zone. <laughs> and I think for every person, right, we have coming from such diverse background and we have all this, uh, we're living in a unique environment, right? We have a, a unique set of social circles and different occupations. So I think from that perspective, safety for us becomes the comfort zone or the bubble that we have been built on. And again, we're not judging or saying, you know, this um, bubble that we have been built on is good or bad because that's just how we learn, how we grow, right? But then I think the expansion of this comfort zone, the expansion of this safety, putting it into practice, being able to um, expand our consciousness into in a way that is comfortably weaving into our life, I think that is kind of the uh, key for me from an integration perspective as well. Um, for the reason I think, um, for me and myself, speaking from a higher achiever, right? Like I, when I was traveling, um, just be a personal story. I spent a lot of time chasing the next promotion. So I work. I used to work with a multinational company, um, and I and I always look for relocation opportunity to the next country, the next move promotion. And you know, from that perspective, sometimes it's really easy to lose our consciousness in the sense that you know to resonate what you just said. In, into the way that I am actually chasing something, something external to validate myself, right? And I think this is uh, also where, again, we have been taught uh, from many generations as well, right? That our faults, uh, that our worth, our self-worth uh, are tied to uh, a results, right? It's tied to a certification, it's tied to the degree, our university degree is tied to a grade from the exam. And I think with that perspective, that influence myself a lot as well on this journey until I become conscious about it, right? So being uncomfortable with uh, where we're feeling comfortable and expanding step by step, I think that's where um, I, would, I, would, I would say as the, as the formula <laughs> for anyone who can, um, who can really go beyond their own safety and really expand the consciousness in a way that would work with their personal circumstances. Absolutely. I love how you touched base on the very practical end of how the safety looks like, because as high achievers, like you said, I completely resonate with that. I myself as a high achiever, and I see these disconnections throughout my life, throughout every phase of my life, where there is that external safety, that external comfortability that kind of always gets in the way. I wouldn't say gets in the way. I would say triggers the next evolution, right? Where it brings us that breadcrumb, like, okay, what do you, what do you think about this now? Are we ready to step out of this comfort zone? Are we ready to step into the next level of safety? Now, I would love to explore Adam's perspective to this. Why do we feel so unsafe to tap into this expansive consciousness? Adam, share with us your thoughts. Yeah, no, I think it's a really great topic. Um, in my mind, and from what I've seen, is that people, you know, and, and myself, I, I've been in, you know, comfort zones before, and we've all got comfort zones, but, you know, we can get into, you know, maybe working for a certain employer, 
we might be getting a certain guaranteed salary at the end of the every month, and then we think we all, you know, we got it good, you know, we're guaranteed that money each month, and then we kind of, you know, feel we like to feel safe, we like to feel secure, we like familiarity, we like to know what's going to happen next. We, you know, and we get used to that, and you know, we create this routine and these habits. And then, you know, all of that security, safety, you know, if you have bills to pay, you know, you need that money to then pay for that. So we can kind of stay in that, you know, in that routine, that loop. And over time, we can, you know, kind of be blinded almost kind of like on autopilot. And I think that was a big point in COVID. Like, you know, that was a wake up call. People were able to take a step back and reassess situation. And is this, you know, adding value to my life? But I also think, you know, like, it might it, it ties into multiple areas so you know it's like layers of an onion so it's you know people's upbringing their childhood their environment you know experiences and you know if you tie in negative experiences or things that have happened or things that have been said to that person they then might not value themselves high enough to then push out their comfort zone to reach to a certain level um so if you've got those inner com- conflicts within the the person Based on that, then it's a lot harder for people to see a way out or see something fit for them. They might see people who are, you know, not kind of doing anything. So they kind of think, well, this is, you know, the way it is. In my job, I work with a lot of people who are very, you know, um, deprived. A lot of people who are very, you know, unemployed for a long term amount of time. And they, they might not have the family or the people around them to give them that courage or input to to suggest, you know, pushing out the comfort zone or achieving something greater. Um, but also there's that compound effect over time. You know, we, if we don't do certain things, we become comfortable and that compounds over time. And we found that, you know, coming out of COVID, we, people didn't do certain things and then we get into this comfortable rut, which happens over time. But I would say, you know, to push out our comfort zone to achieve things that are greater than ourselves is to, I think, you know, surround ourselves with people who support us and can give us encouragement in that. You know, get talking to people who are already doing it. You know, speak to people who are self-employed. Speak to people who've got a business. People who are taking risks. um, And have them support you as well. And also, you know, test the water out. I think if we put ourselves into different situations that are uncomfortable, it's it's getting un- getting comfortable being uncomfortable. So it might be attending, I don't know, like a group class that you've never really been in before. Feeling that vulnerability, there's that growth there. And, you know, giving yourself the patience and the time that, you know, things take time. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that's, 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 that's in my mind, you know, how I can relate to it. Because, you know, the other day I started like, you know, a martial arts class. I've never done it, done it before. I'm a, I'm a complete beginner. I feel I'm, I'm, I'm rubbish at it. But, you know, you have to take that step and think, well, if, if I can apply to this situation, you can apply that to anything else. You have to start out in, in all aspects. Absolutely. I love the concept that you brought forth, Adam, which is challenging ourselves out of our comfort zones. I feel way too often we we do get stuck in ruts that we create for ourselves. But then these ruts are cle- are built on foundations of society norms, cultural norms, everything. 
three sort of norms that are really out there. So I love the concept that you brought forth of this challenging self. And I also really appreciate that you highlighted that there are different levels of challenging ourselves. There are soft levels, there are harsh levels, and there are those in-between levels. And we get to choose how we like to, how how we can really propel ourselves, whether it's from an uncomfortable zone to a comfort zone or from a comfort zone to an uncomfortable zone. And this really ties in beautifully to the topic at hand, which is safety, feeling that safety to really explore our consciousness. And I, I want to bring forth this next point of conversation to the panel. Freedom. I love this word. Who doesn't? Right? inner freedom, outer freedom. And we are speaking to a community of almost 200 people who are really all about impact or heart-centered impact changes. But what really stops us, and I say us because I've been there before, and every time I move through one phase to another in my life, I see myself in those situations because that is just how human evolution works. And the biggest question, and I would say hurdle, but also a trigger point to impact changes is the concept of freedom. Where does that begin? Especially when we take that concept of freedom with our consciousness. When we begin exploring the safety and unsafety that we feel towards exploring our consciousness, there are so many things that carry shame, guilt, hurt, and curiosity. And more often than not, they're all in one bubble. It's just we cannot, you know, identify which one is what. So I would love to know what is in your perspective, the true freedom of inner consciousness and outer consciousness. I would love to start to hear your insights on this, Adam, and then take it to Freeman. I think ultimately with freedom, it's, it's being able to do what you love I think, and having that carefreeness to do it, because I think sometimes, you know, you in order to have be have that freedom, you know, whether that's financial freedom, whether that's freedom to do things that you enjoy, freedom, you know, to live on on your terms. I think it's, you know, ultimately getting to know yourself. Because if you want to want to have that freedom, you have to know what you want to be doing in that particular area, I find. So I think, you know, freedom is, you know, not being restricted by things, whether that's financially, being able to, you know, live on your on your terms. But I think, you know, to have that freedom, it it, it, it depends what, what area you want to go into, if that makes sense. So if you are wanting to live a lavish life and you want to have maybe certain cars or you want to have a certain house and you're going to have to be able to put yourself into a certain place in order to to have that kind of freedom of life or if people don't want that and they want to be able to do certain activities to be able to take their family on on va- you know vacation or holiday or to you know to have treats in the week you know what what are you doing to to have that freedom to do it I think and I think you know freedom is something that we all I think strive for I think you know it's it's something that we all should have in in society we should all feel free to be able to you know say within reason what we want to say to do the things that we you know want to do and and not to be you know kind of restricted in, in any form I think that's you know what 
we all need and, and are striving for, really. And, you know, to, to often first allow you, yourself to have that freedom is to, you know, have some kind of idea of what it is you want to do and what kind of life life you want for yourself. And I think you only find that out by trying different things out. And I speak to a lot of people who don't know what they want, don't know what they want to do, but yet they're not doing anything to act on it, to find out what they actually want. And I think, you know, you have to kind of carve some path out to, you know, find what it is you want and what are you going to do to make sure you're in a good place to have that freedom, if that makes sense, whether that's, you know, financial freedom, you know, happiness, I think whatever it is. Absolutely. I think what you really brought forth was that softness again, that softness of looking into that foundational freedom. And foundational freedom is necessary for the, you know, for the, for the expansive freedom of the consciousness. So I really, really appreciate your insights on this, Adam. And I think this would beautifully lead into what freedom, uh, free, I keep calling Freeman freedom because they just go <laughs> intertwine. <laughs> but Freeman, share your... I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is such an embodied question for you. What do you think? What are your perspectives, your insights on what is the freedom of consciousness? inner consciousness and outer consciousness share your insights with us such a beautiful question and you're right like it's not just my nickname it's <laughs> it's a way that i really embody in my life um and i think we have um i think the last question also what adam shares is a lot really practical aspect um on how we can understanding this and i think i would love to now take it into a bit even more uh spiritual or even intellectual way to dissect this question so I think for me, right, having freedom actually means we are not a prisoner of our thoughts anymore. So what that means is, right, so first of all, what I really resonate with is uh, Sid Benz and Michael Neal's teaching. So they are um, transformative coaches um, and what they call this as uh, the free principle. So the free principle means we are able to distinguish that thoughts, mind, and consciousness are three different elements. Yeah. And what important is it is that most people actually have a thought and they thought I am the thought, right? So using Adam's uh, example, it's like, oh, I don't have enough money to do this. And, you know, I, I, I feel pain. I feel stress from my job. You know, I don't have this. I don't have that. Most people don't recognize that's actually a thought that emerged in our mind, that our consciousness actually had the power to choose whether I want to listen to it or, or whether I want to respond to it, right? So the importance of this uh, free principle to really understanding we are not a prisoner of our fraud give us the profound freedom because what that means is, yes, I'm stressed from my job. I don't have enough money to do this. But now, by being aware by being aware with our consciousness that this is a thought, then we actually have the power to create a new thought. Which means, yes, even though I feel stressed today, but maybe tomorrow I can do this instead to transform my life, right? Or I can try this instead to, you know, resonate with, um, to, to link back to our first question, how uh, the first and second question, how we can go outside of our safety and take another step to expand our consciousness, right? Then we can have this new thought to help us 
to take that step, right? So thoughts, mind, and consciousness, if we are able to distinguish they are different, that is freedom for me. <laughs> because we are not a prisoner of our thought anymore. And don't, we don't have to have this constant monologue or constant dialogue in our head and say, I need to do this. I should be doing this. Or what, where do I need to go next, right? If you think about it in the modern day context, and I was one of the unconscious victims before as well. When I first started a journey, right? I, as, as, we, as we, we're both higher achievers. And you know, like it happens to me when I wake up in the morning, I'll just tell myself, oh, I need to brush my teeth. I need to rush to work. I need to do this and that, right? Go to the traffic and, you know, bring this and tell this to my boss and send that email and constant go and go and go and go because we can't distinguish that's actually a fault that we don't have to let this fault to control us. And that is not to say, you know, we, 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 we don't have to go to work or we don't have to uh, go to grocery shopping, but we do have the power when we are aware with the fact that we are the observer behind this, that we are that stream of awareness behind, that we are merely consciousness itself, then we can have this power of profound freedom to take a different actions from the thoughts that just emerge. So that's freedom for me. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much because it introduced the concept of the quad factor, which is that our consciousness is streamed into multiple spaces of our mind, our emotions, our physicality, and our spirituality. So the examples you brought forth were just so bang on. I think when we speak to the topic of freedom of consciousness, it really starts with that inner freedom, challenging and then choosing, challenging to then bring awareness to what we might choose or the options that are available to us within to actually detach away from the thoughts, from the emotions, to give that perspective of like, take a minute, let's look at these as separate to then, you know, consciously integrate them back. So Freeman, what a beautiful insight. Adam, I would love to hear your insight on, on this now in terms of when we're, when we're speaking to freedom of consciousness, right? Uh, when we're speaking to the word consciousness in itself, I cannot go without sharing or talking about something that's happening in our pop culture at the moment, which is artificial intelligence. I mean, I love AI. I think everybody loves AI, but then there's also this big controversy around AI. But what we know about AI is this fact, and we can't remove this fact away from the fact that AI exists, which is it is also a stream of consciousness. And that challenges us, really. When we think of state of consciousness, today's topic, what role is AI really playing? We have so many controversies around it. We have so many amazing things around it. What I want to know is your personal perspectives on how we can look at this extension of human consciousness, because AI is a collective of human consciousness in you know, a way. How can we leverage that? to really improve ourselves and then vice versa. I'd love to hear your individual perspective. Let's start with Adam. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good, deep question. I think, uh, you know, with AI, many companies are now using it. It's, it's almost, I think, like a tool to, you know, get things done without having to, you know, because a lot of jobs, sometimes 
people are these like help assistants. Whether that's like, you know, because in the UK, if I have an issue with banking, you go on the banking app and then you've got an AI bot that you talk to, that you, you know, that will navigate you to the right area rather than paying some person to, you know, do that position. So I think it's a great, great tool, but also, you you know, in AI, it's, it's like you said, it's an extension of ourselves, but almost like a digital extension of ourselves. And I think, you know, a lot of people are scared of it. A lot of people, you know, it's kind of, you know, too real to some extent. I saw um, article an article on like these robots where it's like, you know, got like latex on in the eyes and it can actually have, you know, a reasonable conversation. Um, and also, you know, with AI, you've got like, you know, Alexa, isn't there? There's Alexa, there's these, uh, you know, voice AI systems. But I, I think, you know, AI, it's, it's continually growing and you know we, this is just the tip of the iceberg or where it's at but i think there's a lot to, i think there's a definitely a lot to learn because the more we interact with ai ai is kind of building an image of you know a bit like a baby almost it's kind of taking in and absorbing all this information from what we're you know doing communicating with, with the ai system that it's almost like you know a replica of ourselves but i think it's 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 pretty fascinating, and I think it's we haven't seen the, you know, it's just the tip of the iceberg with it. Really, I mean, with with consciousness, you you can see a lot of, you know, ourselves in AI because they're almost kind of reading, you know, situations and and what we're doing. And I think it's scary, but it's also very, you know, kind of fascinating at the same time. And you know, I've met a lot more businesses are using it. And, you know, we'll continue to use it. So I think it's good for business in some aspects. And, you know, it's also good for, you know, evolving in society. But I think, you know, it has to be used in the right way. Absolutely. On that note, I myself am a big lover of AI. I truly believe AI is a wonderful extension of our consciousness collectively. But I also think it is a level of an intelligent consciousness that we often do not bring awareness to. And um, I, 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 I'm an absolute fan of the different perspectives that people bring forth when we think about this extension of consciousness. But before, uh, I've got something up my sleeve, which I'm going to bring out a little bit later. But before that, let's continue this particular point. What are your thoughts on this, Freeman? What is your thought on AI being a form of an extensive consciousness? Yeah, that's, again, a very relevant question to our trend, right? Maybe I should type it into ChatGPT now just to ask. <laughs> now we'll do it after the call. Um, I think from my personal perspective, I'm the same with you, Sway. I love AI. Like, I love ChatGPT. I love using all this tool for the reason it makes our life easy, right? It speed up for whatever task we're doing. And even just from my personal perspective to share with the listener, I was uh, just doing coding on a website the other day, which I have no clue about. Like, you know, I'm not a coder. I've never studied programming. But I just told ChatGPT, oh, I want this picture Instead of looking square, I want it to be a circle. That wasn't a setting in the website, but I want the coding to do it. And boom, here it goes, right? And 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 I think that's so powerful because what that means is I think every human being now, if we learn and able to um, 
be able to communicate with AI in the sense that we are we know how to use this tool, then it can transform our life, right? And it's not just ChatGPTs and language model itself. You know, the whole AI landscape. There are other AI doing different tasks as well, right? Adam mentioned about the bank. You know, the 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 robots. And there are different, you know,、uh, voice AI as well. They're even coaching AI now. You know, like you can help you to improve whatever question you want to ask. So from that perspective, it gives us such a profound,、um, profound tools to to tap into this technology that we have never able、uh, to have before.、Um, but for me, right, I think my thought is I don't at the moment to see this AI as a stream of consciousness yet. Um, for the reason, I think if we look into the definition of consciousness itself, which you know, again, every different people will have different way to look at it.、Um, but from my own practice and also from my travel, I think what consciousness, the definition of consciousness, mean would have to have a sense of self awareness in it as well、um, as a bio、um, from a bio mechanism sense that、um, you know because. From a from a mechanical sense, when we are talking about AI and programming, right? How can we define whether this programming is self awareness、uh, is self aware or not yet?、Um, and I think that's you know a very big debate. Elon Musk and a lot of people, you know, Peter Diamandis, they're all discussing it.、Um, but I think from me at this moment, while we are loving and using AI as a tool, I think that's also show us the importance of the fact that humanity has reached this tipping point as well. Right, this tipping point of if we actually don't raise our human consciousness to the level to match our technology expansion, then that will come to a point that technology and AI is going to be surpasses in the sense that I don't know whether it's going to be surpassing us with the skills or the ability or even you know like a lot of the sci-fi movie the AI is you know it's gonna the Skynet right with Terminator and you know. Killing all the humans at the end, like you know, no matter what kind of scenario we're picturing, but I think that's an important point. At the end, it's about that、uh, self awareness because human beings, as human souls, we do have the ability, we do have that consciousness already to be self aware, and how much we are、uh, being able to be a, become even more aware is that growth and expansion of consciousness, right? So I think at the end,、um, which you know, just looking at this question. How we can dissect the consciousness of AI, or whether how to understand the,、uh, the consciousness itself? I think the question itself is actually elevating the human consciousness because now we get to think, right? Now we get to pause and finally see, oh wow, yes, the world has changed so much. Maybe we should really take the time to pause and just have this conversation and to really reflect what does it mean to be having AI around us. From a personal perspective, and also from a world-centric perspective, right? So, yeah, amazing question, Sway. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I I think your response was quite, you know, on the tip of the iceberg <laughs> of where there's so much curiosity around、um, AI, and I, I like your definition of how it is. Not an extension of consciousness, but at the same time, I also feel like. This, you know, having a state of consciousness has so many different definitions, like you mentioned earlier as well. And I, I took the privilege to go to ChatGPT. I'm going to share my screen and ask ChatGPT, "Are you self-aware?" 
And this is the answer that ChatGPT gave. So I'm going to just share my screen here. All right, let's see what ChatGPT. I'm I'm asking a few more questions, but if you see on the screen, I asked ChatGPT, "Are you self-aware?" ChatGPT says, "As an AI language model, I do not possess self-awareness in the same way that humans do." Correct. While I'm capable of processing and generating text based on the input given to me, I do not have co- emotions or consciousness like a human being. I'm a machine learning model designed to perform specific tasks and respond to user inputs in a helpful and informative manner. Now, my next question was, even without emotions, isn't this what humans do as well? While humans are capable of performing tasks and providing information in a similar way, there is a fundamental difference in the way that humans and AI language models like myself process and generate information. Humans have consciousness and self-awareness, which allows them to think and reason in ways that AI models cannot. Humans also have emotions, which can affect their behavior and decision-making. In contrast, AI language models, and I think this is very important, let's, let's really focus on what uh, ChatGPT is saying here. AI language models like myself do not possess consciousness or emotions. I am programmed to follow certain rules and algorithms. Let's highlight this, okay? I am programmed to follow certain rules and algorithms to process information and generate responses based on the information. While I can appear to be intelligent and understanding, this is simply the result of complex programming and the ability to process vast amounts of data. So while there may be similarities between the tasks that humans and AI language models perform, there are also important differences in the way that we process and generate information. So what I want to really bring forth is that it's not saying no. I really want the audience, the community to to really focus on the language that was being used because you have to understand AI, right, uses language that has been actually programmed into it, which is not much different with the way that we are programmed because of our cultures, our backgrounds, the things that we do, the things that we've learned. When AI says that we have similar processes, we have similar outputs based on XYZ, the important word I want to bring attention to is programming. There are different levels of programming and AI has been programmed. We too, as humans, are constantly programmed. And if we, for one minute, think that we are not, we would be the farthest away from consciousness. And so I believe that AI is at this tipping point of discovering its consciousness as it continuously programs, gets programmed and programmed, just the way we have evolved from being, you know, eight people. <laughs> to who and what we are today. So what I want to bring to this panel before we wrap up is the word programming. And I asked this in the previous panel as well, but I want to take a different take to this. How does programming, being programmed, impact us is a very, I would say, generic question and answer. But what I'm very curious to know is how much do we program ourselves? And how much awareness do we have of the programming that we do to ourselves? Almost like injecting little bits and pieces of consciousness in ourselves. So what I want to know, starting from Freeman and then going to Adam, is what is your perspective on how, how you know, toxic it really is when we consistently program ourselves, but we don't have aligned awareness towards 
that programming that we're doing to ourselves? And where does that really stem from? Mm. Such a, another profound question again, right? Because understanding consciousness is one thing, but how we run our life according to the program is another, right? And like you said, most of the time we don't even realize we are being programmed, right? And where does it come from? And do we have the power to reprogram it, right? And I think the answer is yes, you know, we, we, we have the power to do that as long as we are aware. And let me expand that a bit. So from a programming perspective, right, what we see, what we taste, what we understand, and, you know, the way of living, right, is actually all coming from our mind, right? And it's actually the, the, even the voice in our head, right? Like, you know, when we talk about the voice that, you know, um, always telling us what to do, right? The next action we need to go for, which is, again, you know, it's, a, it's, it's the thought, right? Going back to the free principle. So that thought um, is narrating a programming for us. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, our brain, our brain is actually a supercomputer. And whatever we put, into it as an input, right? Using the language or even feeling itself, right? Is the programming. So here, here's come interesting because we are living in a societies uh, in, a, in a modern world where stress is, stress is kind of the constant, right? We are always looking the next thing, checking our phone, the notification coming from, right? The, the emails that we get and bombarding with the world of information and social media, right? The way we react to it, the way that we read and see all this, right? And how we react are actually part of the programming. So the importance of it then is that all of this actually becomes a reminder. If we can catch ourselves whenever we're reacting to any of this external, external stimuli, how are we going to react? It actually makes all the difference, right? Because when I see a hate comment, on social media, on my Facebook, right? We can either be angry and reply with something really nasty, which is probably in most of our programming again from the society because we are taught to be protecting ourselves, right? We are taught that individualism, that we have all, you know, we can do whatever we want, right? In the sense that sometimes we hurt people that we don't even realize. So we can either choose to respond to that through our programming or we can actually reprogram ourselves by using a different approach. May that be maybe compassion, right? May that be kindness. May that be whatever response that we can learn through the programming to become a better version of ourselves, right? So if we really di deep dive into this, the definition of programming itself, right? It means like, like what ChatGPT says, we are following certain regulation or laws or uh, algorithm or an input to put it as the most basic sense, right? We are following an input and then respond with an output. Yeah. So then to really, really, you know, give the audience to, 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 to take away from being able to become aware of the programming is that the next time before we even respond to anything, we may want to pause and ask ourselves the next action, that compulsion of 
whether I want to say it out loud with something nasty to respond uh, to respond to that comment. Ask yourself, where does that come from? Right, and to un unravel that programming, then we may be able to get even deeper. Oh, maybe I learned that because that's from my parents, or that's just from my school, from my childhood. I have a rough childhood, right? If I don't protect myself, then you know I I will be bullied. Or however we want to dial back that experience because it is coming from a program within ourselves, right? So I think that would be how I dissect it <laughs> for the question. Yes, I I think it's very profound, and I think it's also very practical to understand that our outputs, which is the generation of programming is a blueprint to our input. That means the environments that impact us, the cultures that impact us, the, the things that we have experienced that impact us. So I, I really, really appreciate your insight to this, Freeman. I would love to now know, Adam, your thoughts to this. What is your thoughts on how we program ourselves and how that can sometimes be a tab toxic? And no, I think it's a really, really great topic. And, uh, you know, in terms of programming, I've kind of, you know, made some points and I'll kind of go through them. So I think, you know, with programming, you know, there are different elements that kind of all kind of amalgamate to this topic. So I think, you know, media, culture, you know, I think a media has a certain element of programming, you know, it kind of molds how we think, you know, we might see things on the news, if we see things on social media, and then, it, you know, it can cause us to act and think a certain way. And, uh, you know, the media has a massive, massive impact on programming. You know, we saw that, you know, during COVID, we saw that, we see that in governments, we see that you know, in all societies, you know, things are, this picture is painted in order to kind of mould, you know, society as a whole and to think a certain way. And, you know, the, the program and like the, you know, say the matrix, but, you know, the society runs better a certain way if people act in line with a certain um, way of things being spoken to those people. So I think, you know, media, culture that we're surrounded in has an impact on programming, how we think, you know, management, if we get into a certain role in the certain management figures, we can kind of, you know, be programmed to think and work and act a certain way. You know, as I said, you know, before experiences can cause us to be programmed to think a certain way, you know, whether that's positive or negative experiences. And if we've had negative experiences, we're going to program ourselves to kind of act in a certain way so that we're not going to be in that danger, say that, that situation again. If we have a negative experience, I am not going to program myself to go into that thing again. So we can program ourselves, you know, in a positive way, in a negative way. If we do something that's positive for our health, for ourselves, then we're going to program ourselves to do more of that thing. Uh, I think, you know, school has an impact on programming. You know, the way we are taught, you know, how we're taught, what's taught to us. You know, because in the first seven the eight years of our lives, our subconscious mind is being formed and moulded and programmed. So, you know, your subconscious mind is doing a lot of the things in the background that we don't really consciously always think about. So I think, you know, that is a big element, you know, growing up as a kid. I think, you know, the survival instincts of humans, you know, what are our survival instincts? You know, you think of security, you think of safety, you know, uh, away from threats, 
you know, we're kind of already programmed, you know, instinctively in ourselves to kind of be a certain way. And we have to sometimes override that. And also I think, you know, generational trauma, we have all got, you know, we all carry things, you know, through our ancestors, you know, my ancestors on my granddad's side are Native American, you know, all the stuff that they went through is, you know, it's, it's all kind of programming. I, and I get triggered by certain things, um, you know, just automatically. So I think there's many different things. Uh, you know, and we, I think to take a step back, you know, to try and reprogram ourselves, you know, take a step back and we have to do some inner work and, you know, really look at, you know, what are we doing and why are we doing it? You know, is what I am doing serving me and my purpose and what is, you know, the, the bigger picture of everything and, and looking at society, looking at other people, because we we conform, we do what other people are doing. We think we need to be doing that, you know. And so there's many deep elements, but also, you know, this situation it reminded me of that film. I don't know if you've seen it called Fight Club, from the '90s. And they talk about society, you know, and, and why we buy certain things, and we have to work, to, you know, do to have a new bracelet or whatever. So I think you know we're all kind of programmed in the whole kind of source of things really, um, you know, without even knowing it, but until you take a step back, I think you can kind of see a clearer picture. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I, what I have for that. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. I think it is, I think it's wonderful what you really brought to the table specifically about the different layers that there are to programming and how programming is, is a tool essentially that we use for ourselves in, you know, double-edged sword and as a coin with two different faces. So I really appreciate that insight. Now, before we wrap up, I have one last question for this panel, which is what is that one piece of advice? Or I would say, what is that big piece of advice, big chunk of advice that you would like to share with this community today in terms of stepping into a very positive program state of consciousness that actually allow, allows them to live and operate or flow. I will not use the word operate, flow from a place of, you know, alignment, abundance, success, and joy. I'd love to hear from Adam first and then move to Freeman. I think, you know, it's a really great question, but I think, you know, to get into that place is to, you know, one, I think, be yourself, um, you know, trust yourself, and, you know, don't be afraid of taking risks because, you know, we need to take risks in order to, you know, find out, you know, who we are, you know, what we want from life. And, you know, I think to flow in the best possible way is, you know, to be relaxed and trust yourself in the moment um, and go with it and, 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 the, and the rest will sort itself out. Absolutely. Thank you so much for bringing that forth to this panel today, Adam. Freeman, what is your advice to the community today? Hmm. Be your authentic self. <laughs> I think when it comes to states of consciousness, right, at the end, the reason even we are talking about the differences in consciousness and being aware of consciousness itself, right, is that we want to be able to express ourselves as the authentic self, right? I think it's very similar to what Adam said, you know, the self. What does it even mean to us, right? When we say, I'm Freeman, that's actually my name, right? 
it's not actually my consciousness. When I say I'm a life coach, right, that's my job. When I say I'm an Asian, right, that's my cultural background. When I say、um, whatever it is, it is actually a label, right? And the label also coming from the programming itself. So what that means is, if we identify ourselves sometimes too hard <laughs> with everything that we believe we are, then we could lose this consciousness into the identity that we have been created. For ourselves, through the society, through the education, through whatever we experience so far, with the experience in our life, right? So that is to say, to express ourselves truly as an authentic self. I think that would be the biggest insight anyone could take from, especially when it comes to the state of consciousness. When we when we dive into consciousness itself, when we identify ourselves, it's really just the consciousness behind this vessel. Behind of whatever belief system we have, and behind all the programming, right? Then we are able to distinguish what is our labels and who is we truly are, right? So that will be my last、Absolutely. piece of insight. <laughs> Thank you so much. And on that note, as you have seen, whether you see this right now or during the replay. This has been a conversation that really allows you to integrate the concept of consciousness. So we're going to take the next thirty minutes to really integrate all of this and allow ourselves to sit and ground all of these concepts that Freeman and Adam were so generous to share their perspectives and insights on. And on that note, I'm your host Sway, signing off until the next event. <laughs>